Sitting down in your car as you shut the door, you pull out your phone to begin the GPS. You click in the directions, and before you know it, you are focused on where you're headed with your foot on the gas. Admiring the road before you, your attention begins to gain clarity on another thought, and you feel called to turn on the Incredible Conversations podcast. A warm, secure feeling overcomes you. Your breathing gets deeper, your mind gets clearer, and your heart begins to open again. You know that the moment you turn it on, you will be immersed in a wholehearted conversation destined to expand your awareness in incorporating universal law, learning about conscious health, optimizing your energy with astrology, and super fueling your success. You feel like you're sitting with an old friend when you hear, Welcome to Incredible Conversations with me, Isabel. Welcome back to Incredible Conversations with me, your host, Isabel Wellman. Thank y'all for being here. Today, you're about to drop into magic. These conversations, the one you're about to experience, these are the ones that light me up. If I, I do get to choose this, and I often choose this. However, whenever I am approached or connected with another being, someone that I feel so safe with, so secure with, so in tune with, that I do not need to explain where my ideas, thoughts, beliefs come from because we are on the same wavelength. We understand this outer-worldly view, the spiritual connection that we have, the mysticism that is innate to all of us. This is where I thrive. This is why I love astrology so much. This is why I love talking about the angels in spirit and how our self, our soul, it's not the first time it's done this before. And yeah, maybe we don't know what, we can't remember what death is like, but can you also even remember what birth is like? You might not remember what birth feels like, but you're here, baby. <laughs> so think about that. And and I hope that you find solace in this conversation because I'm going to introduce you to a beautiful being with the name of Bria Zoe. I met Bria back in 2020. We have never met in person. I've met so many spiritual beings online and we work together through Kangen Water. If you haven't heard about it, ask and I'll let you know what it is. And that's where it all began. That is where I first felt confirmation that I wasn't alone, that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't the only one who believed that we have a connection with the divine above and the divine below. We are just in the earth plane where everything is physically activated and it's all still energy, just in different shapes and form. And although it's in certain shapes and form, it doesn't limit us. We only limit ourselves within our minds and when we can take back our power and our control over the mind our world blossoms like a hibiscus flower my favorite flower 
So you're going to be in for a friggin' pumpkin pie kind of treat. Apple pie, freshly baked by Gma. Because Bria and I dive into what it's like to have a physical pain. And we even address something that I am feeling in my own body. And how it's not just physical, that there's always a deeper story. And your story deserves to be heard. And because this is such a profound space of expression, Bria is going to be coming back onto the show regularly, as you're seeing with another podcaster I'm having on, because I want to keep the conversation going. Incredible conversations can be a one and done, but I don't believe that's all it is. Like I want to keep it moving forward, and this feels like a big expansion for me. I've had so many different podcast ideas pop into my mind lately, but we're going to stay with this for now and continue to let it sink its roots deeper into the earth. I just got to take a breath here. Everyone inhale. Pause at the top. Inhale. Pause at the top. Inhale. Pause. Pause. And exhale. Ooh. I can't wait for you to listen to this. But before you do, I do want to remind you that I do have the Conscious Alignment Method membership still open. It closes one week after June 1st. So on June 7th, doors will shut. And it won't be open again for an for months down the road so if you feel called and ready to this space I would be so honored to have you there you'll get monthly calls with me a women's nutrition guide and recipe book so that you have nutrition to support your journey you'll get a monthly astrology calendar with interpretations of the transits that are happening in the sky journaling prompts, a daily page for you to fill out to keep track of how you're tending to your bodily garden, your mental garden, your emotional garden. You'll have access to my online membership portal where everything is easily located so you're not going through different emails and different pages to find what you need. It's all in one space. You'll get weekly workouts because that's the magic behind this. That is one of my main gives is movement finding the fun and movement all over again, to find happiness all over again. When we get the chi going from stagnant to explosive, from stagnant to flowing, we become alive. And so I gift you with six weeks of five day a week workouts, and then we form it to whatever meets your needs. Moving on from there. Aside from that, We have a Telegram group chat where we all connect, we all stick together because we get to stay connected in this Aquarian age through technology. So we can drop in, share what's going on during our days, any prolific ideas or epiphanies that drop in, along as coming together for our monthly workshop that is full of guided meditation, open sharing, 
the themed workshop that revolves around the 12-step method I use because each zodiac season presents a medicine. Whether you believe in astrology or not doesn't necessarily matter. It's a tool. It's not a belief system. It's a tool that we can utilize. And if it flows, it flows. And if it doesn't, that's all right. There's always another tool that works for you. And it would be an honor to have you in this space. So if you feel called to this, it'll be open for one week in June. This will be out probably during that week. So if you're feeling the itch or the call or a nudge or a, any curiosity, a hmm, I wonder what that's about. Let's talk about it. Hop on a one-on-one call with me, 30 minutes or less, and we'll just see how it can help you, if it will help you. And if it doesn't, no sweat. I'm not like that. I'm still going to love you just the same. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. You are a shining light. And this is your reminder to never dim your light. Can't wait to see you in the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone, and you're in for a treat once again, like Halloween, but instead of once a month, year, decade, we're going week by week. Actually, let's just cut to the chase. We're about to talk with Earl Lonnie Hooks once again, and last time we chatted, we had a profound circling effect of traveling into the depths of different topics where it led to the same place and that is some of my favorite conversation to have and so we're going to dive into some new aspects of the world today but before we do so like always please let us come together to create this sacred space that we can join find some solace and become present with the self. So if it is safe for you to do so, close your eyes if you feel comfortable and come inward, silence the thoughts, that monkey mind that's always trying to pull us in 20 different directions at once and just be with who you are in this moment. If you're ready, take an inhale, fill the body up, as this chest expands, the stomach, the diaphragm lowers towards the pelvis, breathing all the way down to the toes. Pause at the top. Take another inhale. Pause at the top. Take one more inhale. Pause at the top. Now exhale all of that air out of your body and release, let it go. Become anew once more and take your next inhale just as powerful as you did. When you're ready, exhale all of the air out of your body. And let's do that one more time at your own pace. And as you come in for that inhale, I would love for you to witness yourself in this present moment with your present feelings, your present attitude, and most of all, your present perspective. Perspective can alter our lives 
dramatically. And it is something that we might want to bring more awareness to throughout the day. Because it's not a matter of right or wrong when it comes to perspective. It is a matter of having the openness of your heart, of having a center that you can ground down into when feelings arise within yourself, when you are presented opposing information and learning how to stay in your own discernment, but also being willing to take in new pieces of the pie, of the puzzle, whatever you want to reference that as. So just become aware if you're driving in traffic and you're a little angry because you're a little late for work and that little bit of coffee spilt on your hand and all these little bitty details added up to this enormous emotion of frustration or edginess of not being able to get to work on time of this perpetual doom state or perhaps you are on your way to a picnic with your beloved and the sun is setting just perfectly and the birds are flying and you are wickedly scarily in tune with everything going on around you the smells are intoxicating and what you're wearing is on point and that glass of wine you know you're going to indulge in is going to be the finest wine you have ever tasted so now flip-flop the situations see if you can find the opposing perspective in a happy car ride where everything's just right you got up earlier than you expected you ate a meal that fulfilled you it smells great in your car because you just put an air freshener or it just rained and you have the window down because it's nice out again traffic's light or you're headed to a picnic and you couldn't get the spot you wanted and now you're upset because you had this expectation and then you broke that bottle of wine because you tripped on a rock and now the picnic is ruined. And just imagine that you can easily choose how to look at each of those perspectives in and of themselves. And that is what I want you to take away today is your perspective. So when you're ready, take one more inhale into the body and exhale all of it out. When you are ready, if you had closed your eyes, feel free to stay where you are or open them when you feel called to. But we are going to welcome back on our beloved guest, Earl. How are you doing today? Beautifully. Thank you so much for that. Oh, man, you were, you, were, you were made for this stuff. You were made for this stuff. What do you got there? Is that, is that some tea? What are we drinking over there? It's the black juice. It's it the black juice. The black juice. Okay. Do you, do you, do you take your coffee just, just straight black? Um, I add coconut oil or butter. Coconut oil or butter. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think I've I've heard it again. I haven't heard of these things either. You just 
being weird over here. <laughs> never, <laughs> never heard of it. All right, what's the butter? What's the what's the butter in the coffee deal? Tell me, tell me about this. What's what's going on? World, the dogs are gonna speak for me here. Puppies, puppies, puppies. We don't edit this out because they're a part of me. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I am the fat. Elmer Spud. Hey. What is the I, name? Elmer Spud. <laughs> Elmer Spud got you done. Yes, and and Zena May is the other one. <laughs> Zena May, respected, respected. Mm -hmm. We'll I'm dive into that. I'm not even gonna. I was about to say. I'm not another even gonna day. ask any follow up questions. Just got it. <laughs> oh, but I add the butter because when you have something so acidic like coffee with mm. so much caffeine in it that can really jar the system. And so I don't, we'll get into this later, but I used to be heavily addicted to coffee. Mm -hmm. I went through a period where, you know, my first job, real job was a barista. And so mm -hmm. the people I worked with were always hounding down espresso and coffee. And from a young age, I found coffee to be a way to connect with my mom. And long story short, my mom and I didn't always have the best relationship. And so if we could sit down and drink coffee together without any chaos added to the problem, it was a great morning. And so that little connection trickled into the work. And then I saw people enjoying it. I was like, oh, this is a great way to, for people to be happy. Give you, I do not need caffeine to get through my day. Like this is the last thing I need to be drinking but it has, I've come a long way. And so <laughs> that's obviously everyone out there. You're going to have your own preference, your own energy levels. If you're a fiery person like myself, you're not going to need the extra juju. But if you're someone who's a little bit more low key and chilling, you're a little bit more uh, grounded and earthy person, it, it probably won't do much harm. And so I got way out of line. I was drinking three Three triple espresso Americanos in eight hours. So that is nine shots of espresso in eight hours. And I did this for a year, you know, give and take the sugary drinks and the things you don't need, the artificial flavorings. And then, oh, I can use the sugar-free kind. Oh my gosh, help a girl out. And so I move away. I work at another coffee shop. It gets a little bit better, but not much. And then I'm starting to drink a whole coffee press every day. And then I moved to Alaska. I have really no friends at this point because I just moved. I live in a tiny 500 square foot cabin and I'm alone all day. So what am I going to do? I'm going to drink my weight in coffee. <laughs> and this is where it got so bad. My kidneys said no more of this girlfriend. We cannot, we cannot do this. And so they became inflamed. I would get serious pain on the sides of my, um, my backsides. Mm. And it was, it's like I couldn't function right and I couldn't remember anything. And so I finally mm. saw a naturopathic doctor, not for the coffee itself, but for other issues. And she said, yeah, you're going to cut caffeine. I said, all right, this is going to be really interesting. So the next day I drank no coffee. It was horrible. That whole week I went through withdrawals. I mean, I'd never mm. been addicted to anything, um, else in my life but this <laughs> one second <laughs> so i you know i saw this doctor i had these withdrawals for a week 
And I'd never experienced anything more antagonizing in my life where Mm. I was on the ground shivering. I wasn't cold. I was wearing all these layers, but but I was hot, cold, cold, hot. And I'm on the ground (laughs) in the fetal position, like rocking. And my partner comes in. He's like, wow, you're not okay." And I was like, I'm not okay. I want coffee so bad. It's like 8 p.m. at night at this point. (laughs) I'm like the fourth day. And I persevered. I made it through, but I was I like substituted things that I pretended to be as good as coffee at that time. So like Rubius tea, uh, drinking some Rasa products, trying to implement chamomile, like anything else Mm. to give me that connection. And so it was a withdrawal of caffeine, a like a severance of connection of an idea that I had based on you know, this, this mom daughter thing we had going on mm. and really diving into these depths of making myself in control of myself again. And so after that week passed, I became aware that I did not need the product. I felt way better the following week. I didn't drink it for about three or four months at that point. So I took a pretty big break. And ever since then, I've been going in waves. So I will drink coffee for maybe a week, two weeks, and I'll have a cup. Don't allow myself more than a cup these days. And after my one cup, I switch to like organic matcha and I add some oat milk or coconut milk, a little bit of syrup, cinnamon, clove, make it fun. It's delicious. Mm. And now when I, you know, decide, all right, I'm done. Need my break. I I feel it sometimes in my kidneys again. They're like, okay, sister, too much. Mm. I'll just drink matcha in the morning. And that's been a lifesaver. So that has been my, like my one experience of real addiction in life. Mm, Yeah. It's funny you say this, this just, this just happens. You go into certain industries in certain industries with certain levels of intensity in respect to the work done or the duration of hours usually worked for any given person throughout any given week, (laughs) along with the amount of stress induced. Definitely you find that (laughs) depending upon the industry, and again, all of these different variables, there are certain uh, components or certain devices or certain vices that find (laughs) themselves arising to the top of the hierarchy. Mm. And when I went into the service industry, like food and beverage, I worked at a a Buffalo Wild Wings sports bar. And before that I was working at like a tropical smoothie cafe, just making, you know, salad wraps and and smoothies. (laughs) And I and I also worked at a Tivana, so I worked selling some loose tea and ceramics and things like that at a mall. And that job was absolutely ridiculous. We just go through all the ridiculous jobs I've had. But <laughs> you know, we say that for another time. So I had never been around this intensity. And I don't think a lot of, I, I don't know how many people know what the service industry is like, this food and beverage industry is like behind the doors, because if you go to high quality places, mm-hmm. high quality, quote unquote, 
the job is to make the people, the guests, the clientele feel like it's just paradise. Mm-hmm. Everything's beautiful, everything's fantastic. But then you have this very beautifully made split screen experience where as soon as you pass the doors back into the kitchen, mm-hmm. People are breaking glass. The chef is yelling at someone, get your fucking shit together. And someone's getting fired. Someone's in the back crying because a table just like took all their time and didn't tip them anything. So now they're fucking crying, figuring out how they're going to pay their rent. So like there's a ton of shit going on in the back. It's like it's hell in the kitchen. For most places, it's really not that that happy of a place, honestly. Mm-hmm. And when I started working at this sports bar, I just didn't know what servers were doing in order to get this job done. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in there week one, and people are not hiding things. It's just a culture. <laughs> I started seeing. I had never seen like seen caffeine pills popped the way I saw people popping caffeine pills. I never saw so much Red Bull and Monster and every other thing that's like those energy drinks. I never, it's huge canisters. The Starbucks espresso canisters that you probably, you may be well acquainted with. Just the large, like people drinking these things by the liter. And I'm like, what is going on? And that's the tip of the iceberg. Then you find the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Right, the people in the bathroom going and you know snowing some cocaine and coming out and they're serving tables. Hey, 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 what's going on? They're talking to everybody like, whoa, yo, what just happened to something? So, oh, you know, they just went to the bathroom, had a little bump. You know, they got it. They've been working, they've been working three doubles for, like, they've been working three doubles a week for like three weeks straight. You know, just back to back to back. Like this is they come here and they open up it. 8 a.m. and they go home at midnight and they get up and they do it again and then they do it again. So yeah, this is what they do. And then you find the Adderall users, mm-hmm. right? So the Adderall, that's that's the first one that got me. Mm. That was that was the one. So it's funny you get into these different industries and you know people. It's just a part of the culture and people do things and it's they seem all right at the time and people are working hard and they find a way to stay up and and do all these things and <laughs> and yeah man and and that was that was a wild ride for me I, Adderall was definitely the one and they just and they they keep, they get so strong yeah. Adderall gets so strong like the milligram like amount gets so strong and then you have these you know the instant release versus the extended release that could last you for like they'll keep you up for an entire day. Damn. You know, and if you take two of those, you're up for 48 hours and you're just moving and you're just moving and you're doing stuff and you're constantly thinking and you're you're cleaning your house and you're you're cleaning your kitchen, you're washing dishes, you're you're doing homework, you're talking to people, you're doing whatever because you just have all the time in the world and all the energy in the world. And it feels great. It feels like you're flying until it doesn't and you feel like you're <laughs> <Yeah>. crashing, <laughs> right? And so, and so I think that's a little bit of what you and I were talking about before we started recording. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh my gosh that is it and that's the that's the oh my gosh that's that's where we're going so gosh i've only had one experience with adderall and it was amazing like i <laughs> so what we're, everyone this is where we talk about drugs today so welcome to our show <laughs> so <laughs> this is unreserved for anyone out there who has you know trigger points or they're uncomfortable about drugs or maybe you want to listen in and just hear what it's like for other people you're welcome and you know maybe tune into the next one if you're not about it that's all right i love and respect you but <laughs> my very first instance with Adderall would be so so we'll start with the the LSD okay. first. So it was a you know Red Rocks concert in Colorado. Mm. It was before I'd driven back to Michigan for the second time since living in Colorado. So about 2016-17 era. I had just started dating this dude and his homie hooked us up with something I'd never seen or done in my life. And it was moon rocks and like this crystallized version of LSD. Oh, and so uh, all you had to do is like lick your pinky, stick it in these rocks and eat it. And I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and then the journey happened. And so you do this and like everyone's holding like little like pockets or like these tiny ass bags with the cute little drawstrings it's like some harry potter shit and they're like right. oh put your finger in here put it in you want some more and it's like candy it's like it's crazy and so you know we're vibing the floozies were playing that night if you know them and you know it was a what do they call it these days it wasn't a rave but it was a techno okay. i'm not even sure anymore what it's called electronic were there a lot, were there a lot of glow sticks around <laughs> yes yes <laughs> lots of lights going on and so uh for my own personal self like getting into these altered states with these different drugs i prefer plant medicine these days mm -hmm. but these altered states are so fascinating because i don't feel like i enter them with this intention of let's go have fun and like be ridiculous. Like there is always a subconscious intention to figure something out about myself, like whether I, I know that or not, but that's what it always seems like. And so when I'm in these states, it feels like, although you're stripped of all reality and you're stripped of that identity and we've talked about this, like, don't look in the mirror or else you're going to find something you don't like. But no, it's like, I want to stare in that mirror for years. Like I kind of get lost because it's like who and what and where, but in these states, it is being able to perceive like the essence of the emotions of the crowd that is happening and mm -hmm. the truth and the purity of the interactions and like the rawness of people like it's able to strip away the layers of protection and almost like barriers that are put up mm -hmm. and it's, it just all falls down it melts yeah. away and however the case that the next day like I've been told so many things like don't have sex on L LSD or drugs because it'll never be the same again or like mm -hmm. don't look in the yeah. mirror don't don't do certain stuff but it's like well if you don't if you have these preconceived perspectives that are not yours and you haven't experimented with them, 
then one, you might be in a doomsday already before even going in that direction, or you might even believe it so much that if it happens to you, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die when that's not the case. And so being able to like have that open perspective, I talked about in the meditation, like have that awareness to keep it open. So you, you don't get sucked into the tunnel of doom. And the next morning woke up feeling good, like still probably feeling it actually. And then the person I was with, like we uh, crushed up an Adderall and we put it in orange juice and that was my experience. And I drank that sucker down and I was flying high and we drove straight to Michigan, uh, like 19 (laughs) hours. So we got there, (laughs) of course, and it was like nothing, nothing (laughs) that happened. And it was very profound. And so that's my only experience of Adderall is positive, which can be so not the case. So I'd love to hear (laughs) that story you got, (laughs) because that's my one and done. (laughs) You know, but that's funny though, right? Because there are, there, for some reason, it just so happens that certain vices call out to us. And for you, you crushed up this Adderall and drank it and and you had a fan. And and this is, this is even more the remarkable fact about it is you had a fantastic time. I mean, you definitely, you drove 19 hours straight and and that's great. So you got back to where you needed to get back to. I could only imagine maybe some of the, the vibes, right? The energy in the van on the way back or the car on the way back. And yeah some of the conversations that were had, it was probably elevated. I'm certain that it, it was, it was vehement. I'm certain it was fervent <laughs> yeah. conversation happening. Right. Yes. But then that, but then you're one and done. See, so yeah. like, so it's funny that it just, it doesn't grip you enough where you're like, well, hold on. There's gotta be, I gotta find somebody else. Like there's gotta be someone else that has this stuff around in yeah. Michigan. Like there's gotta <laughs> be some Michiganders with this stuff. Like where, like, I gotta, I gotta get this stuff. But but for some reason or another, it didn't grip you that way. Yeah. And and it, it's fascinating because when I was given out a role for the first time, it I lost myself in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the one for me. I like, like, and we can get into the weed as we I'm certain we will. Yeah. Because that opened itself up, but not the first time. Now we can get into the first time, but the mm-hmm. first time I did Adderall, I said, this is for me. Yeah. I was I was hanging out in Harrisonburg where George Mason University is. And I was with some friends. And one of my friends was prescribed this because he was diagnosed with ADHD from a much younger age. So he had grown up sort of having this thing. And so also for these people, it's not even the same thing. People that have had ADHD and been taking it since they were 12, 13 years old, it's yeah. not even the same experience. Like they've they've been doing this for 10 plus 15 plus years. It's like a thing. It's not, they just do it and they get through the day. Yeah. But for someone that's never taken it and already has a bunch of energy Mm-hmm. And this person happened to have what was like the strongest prescribed Adderall <laughs> that they have, which is the 30 milligram extended release that just gives you a little bit now and then kicks on a little bit later on and then kicks on a little bit more later on through the day. So you're just getting these these kicks throughout the entirety of the day. 
man, when I tell you, they, they, one of my friends was doing the engineering mm -hmm. for a, for a song that another one of my friends had rapped on. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends had gone in the studio, gone in the booth that we had made at this apartment, and he had rapped, he laid down his tracks on, he had laid down his vocals on this instrumental. And then he went out to the living room to write some more, to write some more lyrics. Yeah. And so we all did our role at the same time. <laughs> my, my, my friend went out to go write some more lyrics. My other friend was doing the engineering, going through and tweaking the voices and making sure that everything was level and getting getting the track perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there are a few moments in life usually revolving around drugs where, and this is why I told you on the last one, where I believe truly that sometimes when people are experiencing something and it could be amazing for them and then they try to express to a bunch of people how amazing it is, other people are like, yeah, but how cool, like how good is it really? Yeah. Like if I decide to adopt this new thing in my life, like how, how much better am I gonna feel really? So sometimes you feel like people are kind of lying or they're accentuating how they feel on certain stuff or what certain things have done for them. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ah, like I just feel like you're kind of playing the game. Like how much better can you really feel? And you'll never really know unless you decide to do the thing yourself. Yeah. So that thing can go both ways. It can be good things that you adopt in your life and how much better you're feeling. It can just be some of the more destructive things that you're doing that maybe feel good in an instant gratification sort of way, right? Mm -hmm. We, LSD, Adderall, were all that for me. I thought, man, these people are lying. Like how, like how strong can these things really be? Like how, how explosive can these consciousness alter, uh, you know, I guess, uh, altering sort of vices be truly. And until you've really transcended whatever basic or most frequent state of consciousness you're in, you won't know just how wildly expanded it can get and where you can travel in within consciousness, mm -hmm. right? When I tell you I took this Adderall, and 15 minutes passed, and then 30 minutes passed, and they're working away doing this stuff. I'm like, I knew this was bullshit. I knew that people were just acting like it's something and it helps you focus and you become so, yeah, I knew it. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah. And then 45 minutes passed. <laughs> <laughs> and, around, and around the 45 minute mark is when like I started bouncing my knee. Like I just started slowly like bouncing my knee. And like I started like bouncing my hand on top of my knee. And then I felt like, hmm, I, I feel like I wanna do something right now. Yes. <laughs> and, and then I shot up from my seat and I ran into the living room where my friend was writing the new lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I was heavy, heavy into guitar at this point in time. Yeah. So I brought my guitar everywhere I went. So I pulled my acoustic guitar out of the case and I just started playing. Every song I knew, every lick I could muster, every chord progression my, my fingers could possibly muster. And I'm just strumming away. Just na 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 I'm just whatever, whatever I could do, that's what I'm doing on the guitar. When I tell you I looked up at the clock in eight hours had passed. Mm 
while I'm sitting there playing the guitar. <laughs> I was like, what is this stuff? <laughs> what is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> like I, that all I could think about was just doing this one thing. Wow. Now I didn't know now I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. But but doing Adderall right now again it wasn't the healthiest ways but doing Adderall was starting to lay the groundwork for me in a lot of ways for mindfulness much much later on in life Mm -hmm. only because I had to later on in life draw from the experiences of Adderall and ask myself the just the very fundamental question of why is it when I take this substance and I transition into this other state of consciousness, mm-hmm. I find myself so enthralled with the moment mm-hmm. and so present to where I could just be doing something and that one thing is all that matters and I look up and eight hours have passed. Mm-hmm. What is the essence of that? Because it's not the drug. There's something deeper than the drug. The drug is allowing me a quick fix, a quick avenue to get into this place. But this place, this is attainable. Like I can get here without it. I think that there's something, there's a a quintessential to this. And it's not just the chemical compound that makes this drug. So that was, so that is the, the silver lining in the clouds to me doing Adderall for as long as I did. And it takes time to, you know, get that information, extract that sort of information. Yeah. Because now I just say it in a few sentences, but it took a long time to understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that was that was my Adderall. That was that was the start of that for me and how I thought that it was complete bullshit until it wasn't. And it, it was, was not bullshit. Yes. It was not. <laughs> it worked. It worked. What, what do you feel like, so now that you're Ad, Adderall less, what yeah. gets you into that Adderall state of mind? Oh, well, now it's just the, we talked about it before. Remember the, 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 the tough part for people being the big push, yeah, the start of something. Yeah. But after that, what you're really looking for is a solid set of practices that that strengthen you getting closer and closer to this thing that you're after Mm -hmm. and for me I was (laughs) I was trying to explain this to my my friend the other day and I realized that I sound crazy when (laughs) I'm trying to explain certain things to certain people so Mm -hmm. he was asking me you know, how, how good I felt about being sober. Yeah. And I was telling him, dude, I, I feel amazing. This, without too many words, without saying too much, it feels like magic. It feels like I'm in a mystic land that I could have never have gotten keys to without, without it. I'm going to be honest. That, that's how I feel. Yeah. And he said, would you think about doing psychedelics again, though? And he was like, because it seems like you got so much out of psychedelics. It seems like you, you could you could give that another chance. It seems like it you know, would continue to open your mind up. And I know that's what you like to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, 
you know what's so funny, man, is why I'm why I can't even give myself to do that anymore mm-hmm. is because of the the sanctity of my relationship with the moment. Mm. It's if you don't know, and th- you know, this episode is probably going to be chucked with a, a full of this type of shit. Where if you don't really know what I'm talking about, then you just don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right, like it takes a certain level of understanding to understand what certain people are saying sometimes. Yeah. And mm. what I was trying to explain to him was that I don't want th- this. It, it sounds absolutely insane, but I think it's because I'm such of an extreme person. I think it's because I'm so eccentric. I don't want to miss one more moment mm-hmm. on this planet. I know that sounds obsessive and it's because it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I obsess about the moment. I don't want to lose another one. Now, the, the flip side of that is when you do these drugs, right? So, or as, as you, what, what did you call them? Oh, what did I call them? <laughs> I think you called them like a, like a medicine of sort. Oh, plant medicine. Plant plant medicine, yeah. right? So you, you do these plant medicines. It's... Your mental faculties, although may open up in a very artistic way, creative way, you and I spoke about a little bit about that before the recording, right? There's like this, this surge of, of, of creativity that comes with that. And I think a lot of people use certain uh, medicines and plants for that mm-hmm. and and that there's something in that and I won't take that away from people I won't I won't I won't do that <clears throat> for myself mm-hmm. I think that there is a connectivity to everything that you can find mm-hmm. I think that there that there is a life force inside of you that does connect with everything And it's either you're aware of that thing at any given moment or you're not. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't want for me to be in the moment, but then I can't remember that moment. So alcohol does not, you know, impairs the hippocampus, which then uh, in turn does not allow you to remember things the way you were. People understand that about alcohol. It could be the same way with marijuana and with psilocybin and LSD. You you have a great time that day and there'll be certain things that you remember and you you take away. But there are also going to be a ton of things in that day that you may think are trivial or minuscule that mean the world to me. Because to me, it's a lot of the little things that make the grand scheme of things for me. Yeah right? Like people gloss over a lot of details, but I think that's, that's where life comes to life. (laughs) Truly. Yes. So, so I, so I can't, I can't bring myself to, to consciously miss those moments. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't want to do that anymore. And I've just made that decision for my life. I just can't, I can't miss any of those moments anymore. And to, yeah, to me, it it feels like what I'm taking from what you're saying is that you have utilized 
the medicine, the, the vices to an extent where you were able to meet yourself at that spot. Like you, the door opened and you stepped through and you're like, oh yeah, I have access to this in my sober state because I have learned how to peel back these layers of emotion and expectation and experience and identity. And now it's a clear one and I'm through the door and I get to choose this every single day. I can choose that thrill. I can choose that exuberance. I can choose that astonishing presence whenever I want. And all it takes is my focus, my determination, like that, that fuck yes moment in your life where you just say, yes, this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. And that's what I am hearing from you. Yeah. And you spoke about having, cause I have to hear about your first <laughs> marijuana experience I ha- because <laughs> I, have a, a, I have a very, very strong feeling already from what's been expressed that yours was very, very different from mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so kick, so kick us off, please tell, tell us about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So for, I mean, if anyone out there is listening and you knew me growing up, um, I was a pretty good two shoes, like did not mm. do things that would, that I did not know about or feel safe with, or, um, like that would hinder my potentiality in athletics, so to say, like I was heavily in sports, always striving to do my best, like very in my head about not wanting to disappoint my parents and that on another day. And Mm. so I never really, I never really did things. I would drink once in a while. Like I, I maybe have two blackout experiences from high school and those (laughs) account for also in my adulthood, (laughs) just very limited experience because I, never wanted to get to that point. And so I was always like, weed, like, why does everyone like make such a big deal out of it? I don't know anything about it. Like there were some guys that would smoke older than me in school and like people looked at them differently. And I was like, why? Like, I don't get the, I don't get it. Like, why is it so, why is it frowned on? Mm. And so I had some girlfriends my senior year who, you know, like under the radar had begun smoking pot. And I, like, I didn't really know if they did. I, like, I, I was just so oblivious, so to say. <laughs> right. And, like, I, I didn't need to pry into people's information. I was like, I'm just doing me, but cool if I find something out along the way. And so eventually, like, these are some of my good friends. And they're like, hey, Isabel, you want to hang out with us? <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, shit, are we going to smoke some weed? And I was, like, all nervous in my mind. <laughs> like, the same persona here and now was then and so I'm like I'm I'm sweating the boob sweat's coming up I get nervous I'm like okay maybe this this is the night and so we we go to this house and we're sitting in a circle I'm like god damn are we about to have some ritual go on or something and they pass me some glass thing I was like Mm. what is this and I found out what a bong was that night. <laughs> and so I take a hit of this bong. Like they held the, they lit it for me. Cause I was, oh. I was out of there and I like, I'm watching them do it to like get the base of how it's done. I'm like, okay, you remove the thingy. You, you suck in the smoke. How long are they holding it? I, I don't know yet. Okay. I'll figure it out. It gets right. me and I like, I have one hit. I don't even think it was that much, but you know, like five minutes go by and I'm like, huh, all right, I'm, I'm fine. 10 minutes goes by 50. I feel like I'm on fire and I'm getting hot. Like 
I am getting hot. And then I'm feeling the ground around me. And I'm like, we're going to start on fire, you guys. And I'm like, I'm getting crazy. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to fucking blow up in flames. If we do not get out of here, we need to go outside. And I'm freaking out at this point because I feel like I am on fire. And I just didn't know if that was normal or not. <laughs> so I'm like trying to keep it low key, but I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay. But I wasn't freaking out in a scared sense. I was more so like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Is this okay? And like, I have such a very analytical mind that is trying to hyperanalyze every situation, be ahead of the game, like calculated everything. I must know the outcome because I'm obsessed with control kind of person Mm. and uh, worked on that very heavily. But that was me witnessing what losing control was like in a sense. And I couldn't change what had happened because it was already done. And so it was just very interesting. And I had lied to people when like people would ask me, when was the first time you smoked weed? And I would say, oh, when I moved to Colorado, (laughs) because I didn't like I couldn't understand what had happened and I didn't talk to them about it afterwards. Like I just didn't even try to deescalate the situation outside of my own mind. And so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go to Colorado. I'm probably going to have some more experiences there. And that was that very first time ever having that happen. But that never happened again. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's 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 funny, too. I think my first bong experience, <laughs> experience was definitely similar to that. I didn't think I was going to catch on fire. But I did think that I was in a completely different dimension. Yeah, that, that definitely did happen. So the, none of the people that you were with decide like they didn't see any panic on you or they didn't decide to inquire about, hey, how is she doing? How is she feeling? Um, I think, well, they asked like I'm 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 pretty sure they were like, you're OK, like. It's all right. Okay. Like they were okay. reassuring me of the situation, but yeah. like after the, like I got, they dropped me off and I like went home. I was like, my parents are going to find out I'm high. I need to go in my room now. And I like, I was eating and drinking. I was like, damn, I feel great. But <laughs> at, like after that day, like I just did not bring it up again. And like, we just never talked about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> again, another fascinating time where the first time wasn't necessarily the greatest, although I mean, the, the beginning of it, the initiation wasn't so great, but a little bit later on, you find yourself just having some snacks and, and drinking and, you, and you're good. So, okay. So at least you got around to that point. I think, I think <laughs> mine was, I think mine was a bit, a bit like that. Sophomore year of high school, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my friends had already been smoking by this point in time. And he, he had never, he had never tried to get me into it. He, I guess he just did his own thing and he respected that I didn't do it. He never asked me if I wanted to. But then these, but then these, these two young ladies from my class, I was, you know, very tentative friendship uh, having with, I had a very tentative friendship with them. They asked me, I think through conversation they'd heard I haven't done it. And they're like, you haven't done it. And first of all, I'm looking at them like, you're acting like me having not done it is crazy. We are 15 years old, but <laughs> but all right, but all right, whatever. No, I haven't done it. And they they invite me to go out to some woods with them. 
Yes. <laughs> so I invite, of course, you're out in the woods because where are you going to go? Like it wasn't, we, none of us had the cool mom or dad that it was just going to be allowed to happen in the house. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I asked my other friend like, Hey, you, I know you smoke. These, these, these two girls are asking us if they, if, if I want to come smoke out in the middle of the, the forest with them, like you want to go? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. So we head out there and I think they roll something up. So, so it wasn't, I, I don't think that this was, yeah, this wasn't a bong or a bowl. This was, this was like a blunt that they had wrapped up. Nice. And, <laughs> and so I smoked it and they told me, you know, to, to take it in and, and, you know, inhale, make it, hold it in for a few seconds, blow it out. And I, I, I don't remember a lot of the particulars, except for the fact that when we left there, and we got, my friend and I got back to my house, went into my room, which was the basement. And I felt like I had a headache of sorts. Mm -hmm. And that I just wanted a bowl of cereal. I had it. <laughs> I had it. I had, I had a headache and a bowl of cereal. That's, that's, that's what I had. And he just turned on some Dave Chappelle stand-up comedy and we just we just sat there and I'm laying on the bed, you know, eyes halfway open, eating a bowl of cereal, watching Dave Chappelle. And that was it. So it wasn't so remarkable and it wasn't that grand for me. It wasn't that pleasant for me. Yeah. But I decided I was going to give it a shot as people do when you're still growing. You give it a shot because other people are they're giving it their shot and you're in proximity. So yes. you give it a shot, you give it a try number two, try number three. And then I slowly started finding myself in it and liking that I completely liked giving way to this just complete lackadaisical way of life. Because when I was smoking, I, I didn't give a damn about achieving anything. Mm -hmm. Like once I smoked, I was not, I, and I, as I got older, I envied functional smokers people that would smoke weed and then get up and go to the gym and like like get things done i'm like what are you how are you doing this because when i smoke i'm just going to look at a tree for the next hour and then go in the house and eat some food i'm gonna lay down i'm gonna like i'm gonna take a nap the last thing i'm doing is it is anything productive like i'm not do i'm not getting anything done mm -hmm. so so that was that was my first time, and that's that was roughly my my relationship with marijuana for a long time. It was if I smoke this thing, I'm not doing much afterwards. And then even in the early stages, when I did have something to do, which was like go to my job, I was just gonna get high and go to my job and just do the bare minimum at my job. Yeah. So that's that's what I was doing. Isn't that interesting though? Like. So first and foremost, like wanting to note this, we each had what sounds like a safe container to begin the initiation in, I right? Say so. And so when you have that safety, it's like, okay, I can do this again. I think that like that sticks out to me. That makes a huge difference because, you know, if you're in a sketchy scenario and you got sketchy people around, probably not going to have the same experience or even that nudge to try again. And that, that is just something I, I want, I feel like saying for everyone out there, like if you've never experimented, I mean, I'm sure you have, like you said, like you were 15 the first time you tried it as a whopping 17, 18. Um, 
like to, to experiment with these things at a young age and then to utilize them in different ways. So we talked about this beforehand, but whew, moving through the stages of these usage of these plant medicines, mm-hmm. we're talking about pot. And for myself, like had some similar occurrences. So whew, when I had begun to like, you know, be able to buy weed and then smoke it, I was doing so in a manner similar, like, oh, I'm going to get high with these roommates I have because that's what they're doing. And then we're going to go to the job because we all had the same job at the time. And then we're just going to rip around. Needless to say, we were skiing at our job and it was (laughs) a little bit more intense. And so it was like finding my own way to be productive while being relaxed. And what I found was that there were like two ways I could end up. I could end up in this very like functional happy-go-lucky, we got this going on mentality, or it could just go so south. And I was the epitome of, oh, I don't even know what word I want to use, but we'll say like useless, (laughs) just useless as a human living this human experience. I I love that that's the word you landed on after such deliberation. That was hilarious. No, that's that's probably perfect because that's how I felt. (laughs) Just useless. And 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 with it, like, oh, man, for myself, I have found that I who 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 Isabel got out of a very long term serious relationship. And that was the vice. Isabel saw a co-worker huge pot smokers and I'm going to hang out with them and we would just get annihilated night after night after night give it I was waking up at 5 a.m to go to the gym in the morning because I had this cycle in my mind of all right Isabel to get through this pain you're going to destroy yourself in the gym get to work eat really great food do the things with your dog like go for a bike ride after work and then you're gonna go get fucking high so that you can numb yourself from the situation. And then Mm -hmm. I actually found myself, so I was in that while actively doing this internal healing work through some like online therapy stuff. And I caught myself in the cycle that I had been living in the relationship I had left. And so when that happened, I might like my mind blew up like this was pretty near Halloween time. And I had never heard of this, but it was like the holy, the, the cross joint where you have a joint that's long. And then it's somehow connected by two small joints on the side. And it was only like five people sharing this. And that was the line for me. So I had this very intense peak high experience, found out how utterly destructive it was to what I wanted to do with my life like that shook me awake to go like okay you're abusing this this needs to end like what decisions do you need to make is this thing that you have with this co-worker really propelling you to be the best person you want to be or is this hindering your progression as a human and so that whole epitome of realization was like girl you got places you want to go, people you want to see and meet and do. And like your achievements are being stopped by this. And it was really a way for me to get through trauma and it helped. It absolutely helped. And it absolutely 
allowed me to go home when I would choose to not go get obliterated by the smoking and do it in my own way, sit with my own feelings and actually use it as a productive tool. And so I had this very odd relationship with cannabis that was either out of this world, not going anywhere or small dose using it to my own um, discernment and extent and then doing something with that. And so I think that is really powerful for everyone to find out on their own because gosh, there's a time and place for you to go get crazy with your friends. But if it's night after night, like, is there something deeper? Is there something more to the plate or the story? And, and tell me how you feel like this helps you creatively, because we spoke a little bit about that. You say there's a creative kick that comes with that. So what are you what are you doing creatively and what are you seeing or what is being revealed to you through the, the marijuana that, that is allowing you to uh, better facilitate these things? Absolutely. So. As I told you before, I've been doing this little experiment where like I hadn't smoked for a couple months, like a few months. And then this week I've smoked the last like three or four nights in a row. And my partner and I have been waking up at 4.30 to be in the gym by 5, 5.15. And it's been going great. But then I started the smoking and waking up has been very horrible and terrible. Mm. And really like the dreams are still as intense. I'm a very intense dreamer. I get a lot of messages and downloads that way. And it's not like I sleep any better or deeper. I just feel like <laughs> what I was telling you, the curtain opens, the light shines in and you are just being burned to death by this light because you are like, I'm not ready for this. And grandma's coming and she's like, you gotta get up. And she's smacking you around. And it was, it's just not fun for me at nighttime. And so I'm consciously making the decision to not smoke at nighttime is just mm. not for me. And smoking in the morning or shortly in the morning, like a couple puffs here and there. When I do that, I feel like my creativity has an avenue of expansion where I actually am able to, let's say, lock the gate or lock the synapses within my mind to a receptor to receptor where it is like overanalyzing, over judgment, like thinking about other people's expectations or what others might think of what I'm doing. And like that gets turned off. But then this other part of me turns on. It's like, what is possible? And then this unlimited potentiality comes in and I'm able to sit down write in my journal, get out all the thoughts, look at what my calendar is. Like it's behind this curtain and it's like, all right, on this day we have this. So what am I feeling into? And then boom, something happens. I'm lit up. There's a download or a thought and I dive into it. And then I bring this creation to life and it is that flow state. And then, you know, the cannabis wears off. Cause I haven't like, when I do that, I don't smoke much and I'm just still riding in this flow state high. So I mm. take my break. I go out with the dogs. I'm still in that presence of being in nature and I'm able to see the sky. I'm actually able to tune into the spaces in between the trees. I'm able to acknowledge like the little critters running around the breeze that's passing by the smell, like all of the sensations that we have access to in that sixth sense of your intuition becomes so much more clearer. 
And it doesn't take much for me to get into that place. And that is the beauty that I find with cannabis. However, I have noticed that as I work through these traumas and as I work through things that have left their mark, so to say, and I heal them and I, and I meet them in my unaltered states, I don't need the cannabis to get into that creative zone. But if there are days where I notice, okay, Isabel, you're feeling a little tense on edge. You're like, you don't have enough time in the day. Let's just intentionally have a couple hits, meditate, ground down, get it all out. And then let's start the show. And that feels very powerful in the sense of using marijuana. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of, I mean, you, you spoke about it at the beginning of this during the introduction that you, that we, we kind of go in these, these beautiful circles, mm-hmm. right? The way I like to look at it is I actually wrote, wrote an essay about that around, it's around here somewhere, but it's about parallels mm-hmm. between, between a lot of well, things, but a lot of time seemingly unrelated things. Yeah. And I think harnessing the power to see the parallels between seemingly unrelated things is in some way a creative endeavor, actually in a lot of ways, a very creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. And so trying to clear your mind and be grounded and look into anything right like try to zone into any possible thing for me i think i was just born a divergent thinker where where so if anything is brought is anything is is presented to my mind a million other things now like you know spiral out of that into the matrix of my mind and at that point it's really just a matter of what route do i want to take like what do i want to think about what do i want to talk about what do i want to further observe and re-examine and this is all a very creative endeavor Mm -hmm. i think you can get better with that with practice Mm And I've been very, very, very thoughtful this past week about creativity. Mm-hmm. What that is, what it looks like, how it manifests itself in just the, again, unfathomable multitudinous ways that it does mm-hmm. within all of us, which is why I decided to ask you a little bit about how you find it coming from yourself what it what it feels like to you, how you harness that power, how you exhibit it. And <clears throat> for myself, I've talked about Dave Chappelle on here already. That's what my friend was watching as I laid high, almost brain dead while eating a <laughs> bowl of cereal. Um, <laughs> I've talked about me playing the guitar mm-hmm. on here. That was during my Adderall trip when I'm just playing for eight hours. Right. Yes. Talked about my friends making music. 
there's something beautiful about creativity in art that I'm going to that I'm going to try to to, to zero in on right now. It seems as though for artists in all of, the, all of their different forms, mm -hmm. find a way to look at something or to, again, harness something that we as humans on a mass level overlook often. It's not as if there's just something new going on with artists. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just that there are people that can look into the depths of things that already exist and show them to you in a completely new fashion that you never looked at before. Mm -hmm. And I've been I've been looking at this more and more with artistry. And my mind has just been exploding moment after moment, looking at different artists. Mm -hmm. Marianne Evans, who people will probably know as George Eliot, the novelist. Mm -hmm. I wrote, or I read, I wrote, <laughs> I read one of her books recently. It's called Middle March. One mm -hmm. of those super old timey books is probably written in like the 17th century or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a long one. It's like a thousand pages. Charles Dickens does some of this sort of stuff. Stephen King does some of this stuff. A lot of greats do this where you're reading, but I've never seen it quite like her. You're reading her words and she's talking in such detail about the world that she's putting on this page. Mm -hmm. Right, like what someone is saying to someone, what the what the facial expression is like, what their thoughts are like, because a lot of this is written in third person omniscient, meaning mm -hmm. you get to know what everybody in the book feels like because the narrator knows everything. Mm -hmm. So you get to know what's actually taking place factual. You get to know what is taking place subjectively in every single character, how that relates to all the different characters. And then you get to hear just what the narrator has to say about what is going on with all this stuff, with the bird's eye view of everything. And it's in such immense and beautiful detail mm -hmm. that I had to sit back and ask myself a couple of times, the person that wrote this, that wrote these words, they are seeing life through such a magnified lens. Like they see life in a way that most people couldn't even, you couldn't even dream to see the world. Because in order for you to write these words on this page, you have to see them first. You have to experience it before you can even think about writing it down. I, now, I don't know if she did any drugs or not, but I know that she was connected to the life around her. So I don't know what her method of getting there was, but she was so intensely connected to every little thing that was going on because she could write it on a page and you could see everything that was happening on the page. 
it just burst into into vision and it's moments like that that have me start looking at artists as a whole and just every art every musician i listen to every novelist every 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 possible artist i come into contact with mm-hmm. i think about what sort of site are they working with mm-hmm. i've been i've I, there's been a time when i've been obsessed with certain cooking shows like like uh chopped for mm-hmm. example where a bunch of these artists get a basket and they 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 have to open up a basket and they're just a bunch of seemingly unrelated items in the basket. Yes. Okay. There's a fucking cucumber, some gummy <laughs> bears, cayenne pepper, a jalapeno and a turkey leg. And they're like, make a beautiful breakfast or something like that. Yes. Now, the show works because us as lay people that do not have the vision that the chefs have, we're just looking at these items and we, we don't know anything. We're just like, what are, what are they, what are they even talking about? <laughs> who chose who chose these items and how do they expect the chef to do anything with this, let alone make a breakfast? What are we talking about? Yes. The chef is looking into that basket and all they see are possibilities. Yeah. That's all they see. Their, their sight is completely different. They have a completely different way of, of entering the world than we do, mm. right? It, completely different keys that unlock completely, just enclosed doors to us. We don't even see the doors, let alone have the keys to the doors. Mm-hmm. And then they come off and they make them. And that's why that show works. There are a million seasons of that show Chopped. And they're just going to keep making them. They got Chop Junior, where you have a bunch of these little kids doing it. Kids are 10 years old, 11, 11 years old. And they're like some of the best chefs in the world. I'm like, what is, what is, even, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with music. Sometimes I'll listen to lyrics. I'm like, how did they know to put those words together that way? Mm-hmm. Like, what intuition did they have to have to know to use their voice in that way? Mm-hmm. That created that that very specific melody that just plucks at your heartstrings just the way it does at the top of the crescendo. Like, how did they know to do that? Mm-hmm. And so when I think about creativity and my relationship with it and what it is I do, again, my set of practices mm-hmm. that help propagate creativity. Mm-hmm. and what I use creativity for this podcasting thing is this is an awesome medium mm-hmm. this is an awesome medium I find myself enamored deeply head over heels with the idea of being able to take the so-called trivialities of life mm-hmm and show them to people in a new way that they may not have been thinking about before. That invigorates me. It it lights a fire, like it ignites my spirit to be able to look at something, observe it for a little while, and then look over at a friend and be like, hey man, have you ever thought about this thing? Mm -hmm. And start talking about it in, in, in a way that they've never heard anyone speak about said thing. Yeah. And have them just, what the fuck is, I've never thought about that thing like that. 
<laughs> like it's never crossed my mind to think about that thing that way. Mm-hmm. And what you are doing is, as a creator is developing a window for people to be able to peer into a world that they think that they already know that they've been in already, but in a completely new way, mm-hmm. in a completely new way that maybe they'll only ever be able to be, you know, tethered to that emotion or that thing while they experience whatever the artistry is that you're creating at the moment. You're, they're listening to the song and they're watching a ballerina dance. And it's just the way that the body is moving is just majestic. And you didn't even know that a body could be so fluid, that it could even move with such elegance. And it takes you to a different place. What, whatever it is, you're giving someone a, a, a small window for them to just be able to peer into life a completely different way and gain some new insight and it, it invigorates people because we often we far too often think that we've seen it all done it all like ah, like what what's really surprising me now i've been on this planet for however long you've been on the planet what's really new what's exciting what's this people are bored yeah so to have those moments where life can be shown to you again completely refreshed is like whoa that hasn't been presented to me before that's awesome that's very cool it doesn't happen so often mm-hmm. so i respect artistry i respect creativity i expect i respect imagination it does fascinate me how different people get to that place of being able to exude creativity mm-hmm. in, in, in a potent sense. I, I really, I really, really find that to be fascinating. So, so hearing you talk about you just smoking just enough for your mind to open up to certain things mm-hmm. and you start your writing or your thinking and then you go off and because you don't do so much, it's not a huge dip in in dopamine or you know it's not a huge transition in consciousness so it's it's again seamless so you're able to continue on that wave Mm -hmm. of creativity as you continue on throughout your day or whatever practice it is that you may be choosing that day that is and if that has been working for you that's that's awesome that's very, very awesome because that was certainly not my experience. I was not as advanced as you, as you were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like, that's where I even come up with my own, my own um, bustle or like fight in power with that. It's like, can you be so disciplined as you are? Can you be so obsessed with wanting to get there without being compromised mm-hmm. by anything other than your own imagination, creativity, thought, perspective. Like, can you find that newness in your day without something to put you there? That is what I personally strive for. And so it's it's been a funny journey with the cannabis use. It's like, all right, this really has to be the intentional decision in this moment because do you need this and it's at a point where I I have found out like no I I don't need this but Mm -hmm. 
but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that game and it's, it's coming to the, a place of this level of awareness where you're able to even have this own awareness where mm-hmm. you're able to even dissect it from the situation at whole in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I commend you for the finesse in the detail that you devote to these beautiful artistic avenues of mm-hmm. others' writings. You talk heavily about others' work and how it impacts you. And you can obviously see that and how you articulate your own sentences and how you structure stories and words and how that has not only become a, like a part of you, but it's almost like a lifestyle, I would say, from what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing. And do you feel like by being able to be so present in such, with, with such, what word do I want to use? Ah, I don't want to repeat words I've already said, but like so much deliberate thought. Do you think that by applying that to your life, that has allowed you to open up new doors every day that you wake up? Oh, Isabel. <laughs> oh, Isabel, Isabel. <laughs> and you know what's really funny is as soon as you started talking and in going through your question, you were forming it. I thought that you were gonna, that this is where you were going with it. Mm-hmm. And there was a small hope in me, right? Wherever you had went, it would have been completely fine. And it would have been like, this is what we're doing right now. But mm-hmm. there was a small hope that was playing in the back. And it was like, I hope that she goes this route. And you did, <laughs> Isabel. Let me try to tell you a little bit more about my life that does, that won't make sense to a lot of people, mm-hmm, please. right? Because, because we talk about what it is we're doing to generate creativity, mm-hmm. to generate newness, to generate vitalization, right? I read this book called The Art of Public Speaking by mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those books where in this, and this is really trippy to me. This idea is very, very trippy to me. It was a book in which I was reading it. And as I was reading it, I kept having to shut it and think for a second. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts were often, If I wasn't me right now, I wouldn't understand this book. Mm-hmm. Meaning if this book was given to me a few years ago, there's a good chance I wouldn't have understood what they're trying to say. Because this book isn't written like most scholarly books are, but it's quite wise, this book. Mm-hmm. This book speaks through through like, I don't know, like a damn wizard of some sort, like a sage, like a team, like a band of sages came together with all their different stories and experiences throughout thousands of years had come and written this, like, and this was transcribed from some scroll 
that was found in the depths of Egypt somewhere. Like it's just, it's just written so beautifully and in such wise words. And they speak heavily about the eyes being like the suction pump, mm. right? And they speak about how most people think that you can only find sermons and books and and they and 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 they don't think of and, and what did they say in, in and I think stones and running brooks as a, as opposed to finding sermons in running brooks, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that are speaking out to us. There have been sages of our times that have simply looked around, that have sat with themselves and have just looked around at nature and come out with some of the most profound things that we know in philosophy. And that is a wild idea to think that you can look at a stream long enough to gain information mm -hmm. or look at a tree long enough or look at a blade of grass or look at a caterpillar go up in a tree and go into its cocoon, mm -hmm. right? The reason that I cannot give up any more of my moments, as I spoke about before, is because if you find a way in to the moment all the time, and that is your practice, that you don't just meditate while you sit cross-legged in your bed or your chair before you go to bed or you wake up, that life becomes meditation. That every breath you take, every movement you make is a meditation to the point where you're practicing it all day, every day. Imagine how good you would become at anything if you did it all day, every day. Meditation is one of those things. And it brings you to a place of being connected with yourself in the world. So imagine how connected with yourself in the world you could be if you practice it every waking moment. So you do that long enough, you slowly start to gain this superpower that I've been talking about that Marianne Evans clearly had. Mm -hmm where you just, you start to gain things. You start to look at the world and you, you start noticing wrinkles and things in grains. You notice grains over here. You, you eat things and you start to taste the depths of, of, of flavor profiles that you never tasted before. Everything in life is enhanced tenfold. It's, it's like, gaining a superpower it's like you didn't know that you needed glasses your whole life and then someone put some glasses on you and now you find all that blur that you've been looking at finally gone <laughs> it's like doing that with all of your possible senses just all all of them and so all of life is enhanced you see better you smell better you taste better you feel better everything is and you think better 
Mm. And when you do that, you're constantly just absorbing information, constantly absorbing information. And then it percolates, Mm -hmm. it percolates in your mind. And then you get so good at it that you, that there's work being done when there's no work being done. Meaning you don't even even have to consciously do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You just be present. Your only job, one job, one job, be (laughs) present. Do that one thing. Find a way of setting practices to achieve that one thing and everything else will happen. Mm. Because as your mind starts to percolate all this sensory stimuli and all this raw data that you're getting through the day, your subconscious will take care of the rest. It, it'll it'll take care of the rest. That's that's all the the back back center work. That'll that'll through your dreams as you saw, call yourself an intense dreamer. That's a lot of what's happening. As you, I'm certain you already know, your mind is processing all of that information and all of those emotions that you are feeling throughout the day, and you come back the next day with a new update. <laughs> a new update imagine we get these updates on our phones however you know many times we get them throughout the year but imagine getting a new update every day if apple or whoever hit your phone every day and was like hey we got a new update we'd be looking at the phone like god damn how are how are the who's yo they, they got to give these they got to pay these people more money yeah. or they need to give them some time off because i don't understand how they're updating as quickly as they're updating. How are they getting more bugs fixed? How are there new apps? How is there a new camera spec on my phone? How do they do that every day? I just gotta, I just gotta upgrade yesterday. You can do that with yourself every day. Hmm. We are the most impressive technology on this planet. And you can update your specs every single day. But you have to do that one thing. You have to be present because once you do that, you start gaining information and inspiration for creativity in places that you would have never thought. You always think that you have to go somewhere new and see some new people and 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 maybe and that could easily bring it to you. Or you could sit in a lot of the same places that you've already been in life and look at it a way that you've never seen it before. And that and experience it with a new depth that you didn't even know was possible. And that could bring to you a completely different avenue of creativity and of painting that that window that allows anyone that would like to gaze and, you know, give gander to look through and see life with a new zeal that could in turn do the same thing for them, mm. right? Like that, like what inspires you to do the thing could be the inspiration for the next person. And, and it, just, it just feeds into itself again, this cycle. So the drawing of the parallels, as you say happens in our conversations is moving this circular movement, this go all the different gas stations and them ending up at the same place, that is, that is a lot of stories, a lot of stories I love 
The Alchemist is a great story of this. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times people start somewhere and they go through this grand adventure trying to find people and find themselves purpose. And in this case of The Alchemist is with a lot of others is you end up at that same point started in. Why? Because everything was there the entire time. Everything was from the very beginning. You just didn't know that. So these parallels everywhere, between everything. Nothing is unrelated. And that is why we find ourselves going in these circles and being able to make so many cool callbacks to past conversations or past topics. Because there is nothing on this planet that is unrelated to any other thing. Everything is it's just a matter of are you aware of that or not? If you open yourself aware of that, you can look at anything. You can look at anything and be inspired. I know sometimes I go on these rants, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my God. Amen. Amen to it all. Fuck. The the perspective, the control of the perspective, the ability to be in the moment with your perspective and the openness that you have, your ability to have awareness and be in alignment with your own connection to have these intuitive hits to look and gaze and wonder and live in your curiosity to contemplate the profound moments that you're speaking of. And then to learn from those books, from the artistry that others have experienced from doing that very thing. And that practice of presence in each and every moment every moment setting that new intention leading by example opening up that new door oh my gosh i am i'm in love with it i'm in love i'm in love with the practice that you speak of and that is that is that rattling difference i think for people who are living perhaps in a stagnancy or a illusion of negativity in a sense of depletion versus people who are so abundant in what it is that is in their life in that very moment and making the conscious choice whether it is something they want to continue with or not and i'm i'm just smitten by your ability to to display that so well and on such a practical level mm. and i would love for you to just share a practice that you use that has helped you remain in this state or come back to this state over and over this presence practice Ooh, okay presence practice okay because there, because because now as i as i said it's it's funny and it's so beautiful because it is my every day now. It mm -hmm. is what I have given my existence to. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So everything that I do is that thing. What I started with was was mindfulness meditation. Yeah. And and I I just this is this is really rough and this is where I have to speak about that acknowledgement of of privilege again because I went to a discussion in DC with my friend and it was a neuroscientist and a evolutionary biologist speaking on stage and I had been following the neuroscientist for quite some time. And he also is a huge proponent of mindfulness meditation and he runs a mindfulness app. Mm -hmm. And I I got one of his cards afterwards. It was just like a, like a free 30 day trial for his app. Mm -hmm. And I tried his, his guided meditation one day. Yeah. And that one day, it was probably a 10 minute meditation. And once I left my house, I realized that my life had changed. Yeah. And that's not, and that doesn't happen for most people that try meditation. So that's another thing where I was, I was granted some leeway mm -hmm. where immediately I knew I was seeing more of life happen on a frame by frame moment. Mm -hmm. My frames per second yeah. had, had augmented. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was having more noticings per minute. I was just seeing more of life happen in front of my eyes before I was getting swept up by the incessant thought that usually happens in people's minds. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, life looks different. I feel like I'm deeper in here. That's, I just meditated for 10 minutes. Yeah. What is, what is going, that, that is, that is the best medicine I've ever taken. Mm -hmm. What is that? So ever since then, I never stopped. I never stopped meditating, like sitting down and having a, like a 20 minute mindfulness meditation session every day. Then it grew to when I woke up and before bed, then it was like before I, you know, as soon as I woke up and usually in the middle of the day and then before I went to bed, then it, I just kept doing those things. And then it just sort of, it just became life. And then it's no, you just meditate as you walk through life, as you have conversations with people, everything is that practice. Mm. And so that's, so that's where it started. And ever since then, I, I just try to make sure that, and, and then, yeah, that I'm doing that with everything. And then what happens is you find yourself interested in things that again, you just, I didn't even find interest in before. Like I, I loved reading certain books, but then the more and more mindful I got, I would start reading books and I started, I started looking at books a completely different way. It's almost as if this entire thing that I'm talking about, gaining this whole new vision for things I'm talking about is really like finding an old scroll, like an old witch's scroll, but the only way you can actually see it's blank when you open it up. And the only way you can see it is if you splatter some blood on it or there's like some special chemical that needs to be that it needs to be soaked in and then the letters pop up it's like there's something there but there's something even behind the words right there is an encryption to what is actually there on the surface and it seems like i cracked that i deciphered that and then i'm looking beyond what is on the surface and so that that is that has been the the first and the most profound and 
we can we can start with that and we can come back with more later as i've said for as long as you are willing <laughs> i will be back <laughs> and back you will <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you yet again, Isabel. Thank you so oh much. Gosh, y'all, there you go. There's your medicine. That's that's the whole that's it, baby. That's it. That's it. That's it. People think meditation, sitting with yourself, it's nuanced, it's scary, it's hard, it's challenging. Well, what you tell yourself it will be, it will be. And this right here is it is another piece of that evidence of someone who is evidently utilizing a practice that has sparked a new vision, want, desire, plan, opportunity, potential. That is what has sparked me on this whole journey. And it's the practice. It's addicting, like you say. And I know, I, I believe we are both on a level of uh, intensity and magnetism <laughs> of our own. And there are others who are also riding that wave, but for people who might not find it as gosh, like catapulting or captivating or mm. able to, to, to mold into what you want it. I just ask you to stay consistent with a practice of being with yourself at least 10 minutes a day. It was like what you said in one of our conversations before, if you could have 10 minutes a day where you contemplate your death, well, your life is going to be different. So find that, that thing that works for you guys. And that's the medicine for Taurus season. Like right now we're, we're in the thick of it. It's Taurus season. We, we are working with the second month of the year in my eyes, the astrological calendar. And it's, it's slowing down. We were in airy season. We were quick and fast and going places and starting and initiating and now it's about building off of the ideas you had and that lit you up and tweaking what the idea was into reality into allowing it to become real become more become you become this this slow practice of seeing yourself in the creation. And that's what we're going to leave you with today. So thank you everyone out in the world for being a part of this. We are sure as heck going to have Earl on again. So thank y'all for being here. We love you so much. And I hope that you have a amazing rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Incredible Conversations. Slowly echoes throughout your car as the podcast comes to an end. Sitting there in fascination, curiosity, and solitude, the visions of how you want to superfuel your success dance along in your mind. A deep belief has awakened, and you're empowered to consciously create your life by optimizing your energy and healing from the inside out. You've subscribed to the podcast, have left your five-star review, and shared this episode with a friend because of the new intentions you've created for yourself. You have your foot on the gas, hand on the wheel, and you no longer need a GPS to know where you're going.